Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, you heard me have a conversation with my brother, Daniel, a college freshman at North Carolina State University. He talked about how COVID-19 affected him personally and how it's affected his work environment as a college student. He also shared tips that help him stay motivated and things he's learned during the quarantine. If you haven't heard it already, you should definitely check it out. In this episode, I have a conversation with my sister, Rebecca, a third year medical student. She shares how COVID-19 has affected her personally, how it's affected her work environment as a medical student. She shares what she's learned or was reminded of during this quarantine, tips for staying motivated while staying home and more. The last time you were on my podcast was the faith series. And I remember in that episode, we talked about how God closes doors and ways we deal with pressure. I thought that it was ironic how in this situation that we're going through COVID-19, there's different ways we're all experiencing pressure. At least for me, I feel a lot of pressure when it comes to having to make an income for myself as a freelancer. It's hard with knowing you know where my stream of income is coming from and being able to pay rent and all those other bills and stuff so i think that's that's where i feel pressure but i'm just i'm curious where do you feel pressure in some ways when it comes to the situation we're in i feel like covid has affected all of us in one way or the other whether it be pressure worry or an anxiety Um, So as a medical student, we were pulled out of our clinical rotations as a third year. So first, second years, you're studying in the school. And then third and fourth years, you're actually um, going around hospitals and uh, studying that way clinically. And we were, of course, all pulled out of the hospitals, um, which is pretty vital for our clinical experience and training. And so there was a pressure to be able to learn everything online which is very different and Mm -hmm. impacts the future of our education and learning Um, but also the pressure of things changing so applying to residencies uh, we have to fly out to different parts of the country in hospitals and so that also puts another sort of worry on our future but all those things seem pretty trivial compared to coronavirus in the fact that we are the next generation of healthcare professionals. And I almost feel this um, feeling of guilt of not being able to help and serve with the future healthcare professionals. And the American Medical Association actually pulled out medical students um, from all schools to not be able to go anywhere near clinical settings or hospitals. Um, number one, because the risk of exposure and you know trying to contain that exposure, so understandable. But number two, also, even if we are able to help, you know, with our limited knowledge and training, the lack of PPE, which is personal protective equipment, Mm -hmm. like masks and things like that, just from the lack of those, we're also limited in that way. So I do feel a pressure in not being able to serve and, you know. Yeah, I feel like that is very hard, especially because those are people you've worked with and those are people you've been around. Like you said, you were pulled out of your rotation, basically, to go home and stay quarantined with family and you're still going it's not like the studying has stopped 
No, and also, I mean, it's not just studying. So in different ways around the country, um, including myself, but a lot of medical students, we have raised money for, you know, getting N95 masks, especially out to New York. We have called places, you know, urged the government to pursue action for helping the healthcare professionals and trying to increase awareness. But other than that, we are still limited in our positions. In the news, I saw that NYU students, fourth year medical students, were graduating early, early actually, yeah. to help out. Uh, at least, I, you know, I want to hear your thoughts about that, like what you thought. Yeah, that's a mixed bag. So, I mean, I agree with the fact that as a fourth year medical student, especially now that match day is over, and match day is um, is during mid-March, where fourth-year students find out where they get into residency. And after that, you're basically free. <laughs> and so what they usually do, you're just on your regular rotations, and you're just in this waiting period before you're an intern. So you are, you know, almost a full-fledged doctor. There are roles and positions that you can do. We can take vitals. We can take a history. I mean, that much we're able to do. Now being able to fully treat as a doctor, even if we had the knowledge, you know, we aren't fully trained, but right. um, I'm sure like any help right. is good. So I actually do like that being able to graduate early and just being and able assist, to at least, mm-hmm, assist. Anything. It yeah. is getting worse in New York. You know, I did read Governor Cuomo. He did mention that the days weren't doubling as much as it was in the past meaning that instead of doubling in three days, it was doubling in six days, which is good. It's slowing it down at least, and there's being help brought in in New York, so it's good to see that, at least for the healthcare workers. My friends who actually still live in New York, I have noticed that every night at 7 p.m. in New York, they pull open their windows and they clap and cheer for the healthcare workers. Oh, So yeah. I really like that. That's Just a like nice show gesture, that they're yeah. Appreciated. Yeah. But that is the thing. I mean, even though, of course, with all infectious diseases, it will slow down at one point um, once the R not starts dropping down. Um, but also in Asia, there's actually been shown to have a second wave recently. And so this isn't the end. Even though we're quarantining and social distancing now, this is just the first wave of the pandemic in the U.S. The second wave is going to come. This might be even a seasonal thing. If you've listened to Dr. Anthony Fossey, just because it's dropping down doesn't mean it's fully gone. We still don't have the vaccine yet. That's true. Um, we still don't know everything about this virus. It is very novel. I mean, there are different strains. We don't know how far it goes, the different mutations it carries. Just by seeing like how some tests seem to work in some countries versus the CDC test that doesn't, you know, is not as effective as the one in Germany, which was uh, one of the first ones made. So we still don't know much about it. And just because it's dying down doesn't mean we should be able to quit all these precautions in the future. The future is going to look very different um, as we know it. Yeah, especially because... I know Trump wants to get our economy up and running as soon as possible. Like even say things go back to normal in May, like you said, we still need to be taking precautions. We don't need to be doing everything all at once, like 
having all these concerts, gatherings, and I know people want to go back to music festivals. People want to travel again, and it's going to be summer soon. So all these concerts and music festivals are going to be taking place, and I'm just kind of wondering how things are going to play out in the future. Yeah, this won't be a quick fix. Even if we do get a vaccine out, there's no telling that another strain can come out. In the future, there are going to be some drastic changes in how we greet each other, how we do business, how we conduct even college or concerts, anything with gatherings right, and people. Right. How do you think COVID-19 has affected you personally? So personally, um, other than as the role of a student, um, I think it's really put into perspective a lot of things what I value, what society values as a whole, what we do every day. And so I guess one of them would be just the fact that how much we rely on our connections mm-hmm. and how it shapes our everyday life. And so just not being able to go study at the library or a coffee shop yeah, or um, be able to sit down and eat at a restaurant or, you know, just any kind of business, anything that connects people with any end point, we rely on them heavily. And after you have all those gone, you're still able to survive. So it's really shown me that even with all these outlets and resources, it shows you what is a necessity in your life and what is really an add-on. Yeah, it helps you actually reevaluate like your priorities, what's, mm -hmm. what's important to you. I think that's good that it's doing that to not just is doing that to a lot of people. I think that's a good thing. It, I mentioned in a blog post of mine how it's taught us to slow down. We are always trying to do what's better and what's next, which is a good thing to do. It's striving for, you know, like to be in a better place than we were yesterday. But at the same time, it helps us like press pause and really reevaluate our life. Yeah. Speaking of reevaluating, what's something you've learned or were reminded of during this quarantine? So I think one valuable takeaway I've learned from the quarantine process and during COVID was that not only are we exposed to coronavirus, but also coronavirus has exposed us. And so it's exposed us in, you know, how vulnerable we are as humans exposes how weak our health system is in the United States. And if you've read that article with the statistics where the United States, you know, being a um, industrialized nation, has only, you know, two to three hospital beds per thousand people versus South Korea or Japan that has 12 to 13 beds per thousand. And then also we have fewer doctors, so 2.6 doctors per thousand people Um, and only 17 hospitals per 1 million people in the U.S. And it was just kind of a shocking fact, just because how underprepared we were for a pandemic like this. Yeah. Um, It also highlights the change that we can make. And I know a lot of people think, you know, this country is still divided and we have so many vulnerabilities and um, we are in, you know, unimaginable debt. But it's how we respond to this and... So far, you know, in the positive light, 
a lot of us have been united from this and trying to respond and trying to help take care of the healthcare professional as a whole just to show how resilient we are as humans um, is something that we can never underestimate. I really like your perspective on that. I actually didn't think of it in a way where it exposes us. Not only does it expose our weak healthcare system, it exposes our fears and discomfort. So just the fact that, you know, the toilet paper frenzy and how that's flying off oh, the shelves yeah. and, and how egg prices have doubled and just the fear of who we can contact and what we can or can't do exposes all of our fears and discomforts. And so coronavirus has really exposed us as a whole. You're right. I even remember... I think it was last week going to a grocery store and feeling this sort of like fear of being around people and almost like looking out for myself kind of thing instead of, you know, making sure other people are okay. And I feel like this coronavirus has really made us protective of ourselves. Like I can see in a way like we stand united and we're trying to fight this together by flattening the curve, staying home, social distancing. But with the whole with the toilet paper frenzy you mentioned, people are also looking out for themselves. And I feel like this is also a time to maybe realize that and be more understanding of the entire situation instead of making assumptions of certain things. So I think it's just staying informed from the right sources. What are some places that people can Obviously the official sources of like the CDC and the World Health Organization you know, you can't believe everything on the news. You do have to filter pretty well. I do get the New York Times update, you know, every day. So that's, that is a good source. Also, speaking of sources, you know, new CDC guidelines of, you know, having to wear a mask versus not. So they recently they updated. updated that, yeah, suggesting that everyone should wear a mask. Even the trusted sources, because this is such a novel disease, like we're all in this together. We're all trying to figure this out. And not just look at one source, but everything collectively as a whole. Mm -hmm. Also, another resource is getusppe.org. And so on this website, you can actually um, click a button of if you yourself as a healthcare worker or hospital need PPE and can request to have donations, if you yourself as a business or um, provider or are able to make any. If you do have PPE, you can also provide. So that is a good source if you're interested. I think this is a good way for people to be informed of the current events going on around the world anyway. I feel like there's a lot of people who feel like they just don't need to be a part of the news because it doesn't affect them. But now that Or it can is, overwhelm them. It can yeah. overwhelm them. But maybe this is a way to help them deal with how it overwhelms them. Maybe to battle something that they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it can also go on the other spectrum, like you said. So the news and all of this information, coronavirus is in every headline. It you know floods your Facebook feed. It floods your emails. Every Instagram. Right. Every feed. post, everything is about coronavirus. And so some people may shy away from this. But I, I mean, I would discourage that just... In the sense of you do have to keep up with what is currently going on um, in terms of recommendations. You don't have to keep up with every single statistic, every single case fatality ratio or every single number. But yeah. you do have to know 
what's going on out there. And then this is a time to be selfless. How can I help, you know? And ways to react. Yeah. Instead of just being informed, do something, yeah. you know? Help out, um, donate. I know there's a ton of restaurants that are doing donations and mm-hmm. even uh, businesses and healthcare workers, so many things. Mm-hmm. And also not only just healthcare workers, but help each other out. So we're all suffering as a whole. Our economy, businesses, you know, we run on human interaction yeah. and physical interaction that has you know, deteriorated for now. So it's been yeah, put on pause for sure. Right. I did mention in an Instagram post, it's ironic how social distancing can actually bring people together, even though it's something physically pulling people apart. So I no, I agree with you on that. So I know the phrase is social distancing and it's a physical distancing of the six feet rule and all these rules we've made worse now. But I think the better word would be connecting because we need each other more than ever we're supposed to be united in this cause against the single cause and so we are more connected than ever albeit it's virtual or mm-hmm. you know through phone calls or other ways exactly. um, we're not all separated we are yeah. connected i like that just not physically yeah yeah for sure looking on the positive side of things what are three things you want to do when the quarantine's over Um, so obviously go outside. Um, and then, I mean, I would love to go out and support as many local businesses. Um, Any ones in particular that cross your mind? Not, not anything specific, just Mm -hmm. like businesses that are struggling, just like be able to eat a meal there or Mm -hmm. just help out in any way. You know, we're all going through this together the government giving the economic package out that's you know that's still not enough for a lot of us and so just being able to help out in that way i know for sure i will not take going to a coffee shop and getting a latte for granted i think i will actually appreciate it way more i know yeah for sure i guess another thing would be just to be part of the healthcare team again you know i miss my rotations and being at the hospital and interacting with people and the nurses and everyone there. It's one of the most unique things as a third-year and fourth-year medical student. You get to explore every specialty out there. And so um, when I was pulled out, I was actually on my month of general surgery, and I was you know, being able to scrub in and help first assist um, all these surgeons with these complex surgeries and not being able to do that and learn and just be there for patients. That human aspect is something I do miss. Has that shed a different light for you now, looking back at it? I think so. I also realized that medicine is a service And it is a service that relies on patient interaction, human interaction, and just the way that medicine might be going in terms of telemedicine. Mm -hmm. It's going to look so different. Um, I can't imagine being able to practice medicine that way. So I don't know. Being able to see friends and loved ones outside of home. For sure. Physically meeting up with people we love or company. Okay, last but not least, what's one tip you have for staying motivated while staying home? I mean, 
this routine is nothing new for me.、Um, type A med students. This is kind of how we live our lives, and especially I had to do this for my first set of boards, which was over the summer. And so,、um, for me, what really worked was establishing a routine early. So, establishing a routine is very important. How many days does it take to form a new habit? It takes twenty-one days. Yeah, I, I think that is about right. Yeah.、Um, so, for me, that habit or that routine to establish at home was to wake up at the same time every morning, and in order to do that, sleep at night at the same time every night. Okay. The night before, so for example, I would sleep at twelve midnight, and then try to wake up by six forty-five a.m. every morning, and then again, this is all habitual.、I'll、go to the kitchen and then get my morning coffee, get everything ready, and then try to go to a different room, so outside of your bedroom, to have your workspace, and of course, keep that workspace. Clean、mm-hmm. and only for what you have to do that day, so you're not having any distractions around.、Um, also, try to silence all of my electronic devices, so、yeah. phones, things like that. And so I try to establish my workspace, and then、um, throughout the day, all of my breaks are scheduled、mm-hmm. and timed. And, and what are your scheduled break times?、Mm-hmm. Depends on what I have to do that day, but it's usually around meal times.、Mm-hmm. So for meals, you know, lunch, thirty minutes, thirty、mm-hmm, minutes, and then dinner,、um, and then I, because we are inside all day, so I do try to exercise、um, for one hour at least a day. And we live in a nice neighborhood, so I do go like to run, and we play tennis today. Actually, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, that it's was a good social distancing sport. Mm-hmm. You are more than six feet away. Exactly. Yep. And has that worked for you, keeping that routine? Yeah, it has. Have there been days where it hasn't worked? Um, I think when things that throw you off the schedule. So, recording this podcast, for example, that's true. Has thrown me off the schedule. What about but, like doing family night? Right. So anything else that. Isn't really on my schedule, but again, with a rigid schedule, always schedule in free time. And as important as it is to work hard, you do. Well, I'm very, very appreciative that you were able to take some time out of your busy schedule to record this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasure for me. Daniel actually mentioned this in his episode. For one of his tips for staying motivated was not working in the same room where your bed is. Actually, what you said. Yeah. So I've. Notice that both of you feel like you're not as motivated when you're working in your sleep area.、Um, just the fact of being physically in another room. For example, we go to the kitchen table, and our mindset already aligns with the kitchen table is meant for eating. And so, establishing a location with a specific purpose is how you can get your mindset for that task at hand. So you shouldn't be eating or studying on the bed, and so just establishing the bed for its main purpose is how you can create a good sleep habit. Having good hygiene and forming good habits、mm-hmm. is, I think, key to staying motivated. Staying motivated and having a good routine at home. I like that a lot. I think since I'm not in school like you and Daniel, I don't really have anything to study, and since I like to do work in a Comfortable space. I do like to work on my bed. 
around my bed. So it's interesting to hear your take on how studying and just doing academic stuff. You don't necessarily have to be a student to have these good habits and having a routine. I mean, you could be working from home. You could be that is true. not even working, but developing good habits and good sleep hygiene, I think, is pretty vital. And I know you do say you study and work from your bed, but... Maybe it wasn't as effective. I don't know. Yeah, it it may not be as effective. I, I know some run. people can yeah. do it, but for the most part, from you know how I like to deal with things, keeping it separate has been ideal in terms yeah. of purpose. And I've noticed watching you, you know, since we're all quarantined in this house, you have been working in different spots and just switching things up and... I really respect you doing that, you know, taking that time to just really be disciplined, waking up certain times, even if you're probably tired, even if you want to sleep in, you're very disciplined with that. Yeah, and discipline, it could be half and half. So some people are more disciplined than others in terms of personality, again, the whole type A um, student, and that does play a role, but also discipline is another form of habit. And so if you have trouble waking up early, just waking up early on the very first day is very difficult. But on the second day, it becomes less difficult. Third day, even less difficult. If it's habitual and if you repeat it enough times, that discipline really doesn't become a discipline at all. It just becomes a habit. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting way to put it. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's like saying when someone says, I'm on a diet, but it's not really a diet, it's a lifestyle, if you think about it, you know? It's just another habit, yeah. It's another, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, I know you have to get back to studying and getting back to work, and it's almost, it's getting late, but I just want to say thank you for coming on here, and you shared so many insightful things. Yeah, thank you for having me. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode in the series where I have a conversation with my dad about how COVID-19 affected him personally and how it's affected his work environment and more. Thanks for tuning in.